Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And that giant apple on your screen can mean only one thing. Yes, it's our buy daily now at this point. Update on Epic versus everyone, or in this case, Epic versus Apple. We are also celebrating a fairly big milestone here in virtual legality. If you couldn't tell by the title to this particular video, this is episode number 300. And the channel has only really existed since 2018. So we are moving along the video game industry and the rest of the pop culture industry continues to give us a lot of good, fun things to talk about in this space. So if this is your first visit, thanks for dropping by. And if this is your hundredth visit, thank you so much for supporting the channel. Episode 300 is fantastic, but we are just getting started. So leave your likes, leave your dislikes. If you disagree with something that I've said, either in this series or in this video in particular, we love engaging with our audience and thank you so much for being on this ride so far. Without any further ado, let's jump into this particular story. If this is your first episode in virtual reality, I don't know why you're jumping in on Epic versus Apple here on video number 12 in this series, but if you'd like additional background, please do check out our playlist, Epic versus Everyone, the Fortnite antitrust lawsuits. To cut a very long, 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 long story short, in this particular case, Epic has put its game, Fortnite, on the stores of Google Play, and the Apple App Store with a little button that says pay Epic directly for a discount, skip out on Apple, skip out on Google, don't let them get their cut for having our game available on their store. As you can imagine, Apple and Google took offense to that, kicked Fortnite off of their stores, and then Epic stood ready with a federal antitrust lawsuit that they filed against both Apple and Google. As of this past Monday, as you can see in this very last video, Fortnite out Unreal In, the judge in the Epic versus Apple case decided that Apple couldn't take certain actions against Epic with respect to their affiliate accounts and their Unreal Engine accounts in particular, but could keep Fortnite off the store and as we will see, perhaps do a little bit more. Now, on that little bit more, the store that I wanted to pull up that is updated as of 20 minutes ago as of the making of this video is the CNBC article, Apple Suspends Fortnite Maker Epic Games App Store Account. Apple has suspended their account as of Friday. It follows the temporary restraining order we just discussed. It does not cover the Unreal Engine affiliate accounts because, frankly, they're not allowed to do so, as we will see when we look at that language again, because a number of people raised certain concerns and issues with respect to my last video on this topic that I do want to clear up a little bit because I think it was my fault, didn't communicate properly. My issue was primarily with the ambiguity inherent in the language and the tricks that I suspect Epic might still play after an action like this from Apple, and we'll talk about those in just a minute. But first, let's take a look at what Apple actually had to say. So Apple has terminated Epic Games' app developer account. That's going to limit Epic Games, the entity, not their affiliates, from doing certain things, including distributing or selling apps or in-app purchases on the App Store. That's everything. That's not just Fortnite. That's everything else that Epic might otherwise have. And this is what Apple had to say about it. We are disappointed that we have had to terminate the Epic Games account on the App Store. We have worked with the team at Epic Games for many years on their launches and releases. The court recommended that Epic comply with the App Store guidelines while their case moves forward, guidelines they've followed for the past decade until they created this situation. Epic has refused. Instead, they repeatedly submit Fortnite updates designed to violate the guidelines of the App Store. This is not fair to all other developers on the App Store and is putting customers in the middle of their fight. 
We hope that we can work together again in the future. But unfortunately, that is not possible today. So you see Apple hitting on a couple of things, all of which we're going to talk about as part of this discussion. One is that the court recommended that Epic not do this entire lawsuit in breach. And if you've been following along with this series in virtual legality, one of the things that Apple said last week in their response to Epic's request for the temporary restraining order, which they got in part on Monday of this week, was that you don't need to have a breach of this agreement to sue us for antitrust violations. A Sherman Act antitrust claim can live in the current contractual setup that you have made $700 million under in the past two years alone, and you should bring the claim under that setup, not throw all of your customers under the bus because, yes, we're going to terminate you, not just Fortnite, but also your account if you're just blatantly in breach of our contracts. Let's not do that. And let's have the fight in the legal system where all of these innocent bystanders aren't affected by your own willful breach. And in all honesty, as you could probably hear from the earlier videos in this series, I thought something like what happened this past Monday would happen, where Epic was definitely going to lose their request for a restraining order to force Apple to allow a Fortnite that was in breach of their contract to be positioned on their store. I didn't know whether or not they would win on the Unreal Engine part. I still think that that's probably a fairly soft uh, recompense that they have gained from the court and will be re-examined when the preliminary injunction is reviewed in September. But ultimately, Epic hasn't decided to change Fortnite back. And that's where I thought they might do that. They lost their temporary restraining order on Fortnite. They can put it back the way it was. They can work with Apple as they have worked with Apple for the past couple of years. They can continue their lawsuit. And that, in all honesty, is how a normal, rational business would behave in this circumstance. Epic is not acting what I would describe as rationally. And that's one of the problems that I have. And certainly a number of the problems that people have raised in the comments, which says, hey, Rick, you know, this specific section reads this way. This reads that way. I don't think that your analysis is correct because you're looking at ambiguity where it doesn't exist. And I think all of those comments are accurate. And I've said that in response to a number of the comments on my channel. I'm trying to think like Tim Sweeney and Epic on these kinds of things, that this is a holy crusade. And so if it's a holy crusade, I can justify basically anything that I want to do if I can squeeze just a little bit through just a tiny loophole that maybe an ambiguity in the language that the judge offers to me provides. So if I'm Tim Sweeney, I'm looking at things a little bit differently than I might be looking at them if I'm Rick at Hogue Law, because I agree with a lot of my commenters that say, you're going too far. That's not really what that says. I think all of these arguments would be losers for Epic at the end of the day. But I do think Epic might still try to go through them. And part of the reasoning for that is, as you can see, they didn't change Fortnite. They just kept submitting updates with the direct payment option and maybe something else that is violative of the guidelines. And then Apple says, not just, hey, don't do that. But one, you're hurting our entire ecosystem because the way that the Apple App Store works, we have to review all these apps and these updates and we're spending resources and labor to review these things that perhaps should be given to someone else who is otherwise willing to abide by the terms of our App Store. And also they call out the issue that we have called out in this space as harsh as anything that we have called Epic out on, which is they are dragging their customers into the middle of the fight. Epic could put Fortnite back today with a button. And they choose not to do so so that they can use Fortnite fans and customers on the iOS ecosystem as effectively hostages. And Apple knows that, and they rightly called them out 
in this statement. Now, Epic Games responds with the usual Epic Games rhetoric that we are now used to seeing in this space. An Epic Games spokesperson pointed CNBC to a blog post with earlier comments, including Apple is asking that Epic revert Fortnite to exclusively use Apple payments. Their proposal is an invitation for Epic to collude with Apple to maintain their monopoly over in-app payments on iOS, suppressing free market competition and inflating prices. As a matter of principle, we won't participate in this scheme. And this was actually a blog post, thank you to CNBC for linking to it, that I hadn't seen get updated. This is actually their mega drop fact. They're frequently asked questions related to the mega drop. This is a page that I had looked at before, but they keep updating it and changing it to reflect whatever particular fight they feel like having at that moment in time. You can see just from the headline here that it has all of the rhetoric and holy crusade that we now expect from Tim Sweeney speechifying including the headline, Why We Fight, which is very reminiscent of effectively World War II ad campaigns and other things that you might otherwise know from pop culture, like perhaps Starship Troopers. And I think this has roughly the effectiveness of the appeal to that particular war. So check out that movie if you haven't seen it or that book if you haven't read it. They start out by saying Epic gave Fortnite players on iOS a choice between Apple payment and Epic direct payment passing on savings to direct purchasers. As we noted earlier in the series, not all of the savings, some of those were going to Epic. Apple retaliated by blocking Fortnite updates on iOS devices and threatening to prevent Epic from creating software for all Apple devices, not just on Fortnite, but all of our games and Unreal Engine 2. And look out for September because I think Apple's going to have some counterclaims for Epic on that particular injunction as well. Then they say what we saw in the CNBC article, Apple is asking that Epic revert Fortnite to exclusively use Apple payments. Their proposal is an invitation for Epic to collude with Apple. No, no, it's not. And I see this kind of phrasing in the comments to my videos all the time. Collusion is concerted action among market competitors to set prices. And this isn't that. This is just a price negotiation between one competitor and another. You agreeing to that price that is pro-offered to you in the marketplace is not collusion any more than my agreeing to pay $60 for the new Avengers game from Crystal Dynamics is colluding with them to set a $60 price point for that product or perhaps all of video games at large. It's a ridiculous argument. And so when they say as a matter of principle, we won't participate in this scheme, it continues down this irrational crusader course that I can't fully understand from a corporate fiduciary duty perspective. Epic is not going to win its temporary restraining order, its preliminary injunction, or any other action to get Fortnite placed back in the store as it stands with a direct payment option before the court. The court has already established that. As we looked at it in their specific ruling this past Monday, Epic Games moves this court to allow it to access Apple's platform for free while it makes money on each purchase made on the same platform. While the court anticipates that experts will opine that Apple's 30% take is anti-competitive, that that's the expertise that they will likely bring to the court, and there are experts that will say anything, the court doubts that an expert would suggest a 0% alternative. Not even Epic Games gives away its products for free. The judge specifically says that all of this, the why we fight, and we are going to collude with Apple on a price, is complete BS. And Epic knows that. They aren't dumb. 
Okay, that's another thing that has come up in the comments to my videos. I do not think that Epic is dumb. I am having trouble dealing with their irrationality because I think they feel a lot more strongly about their case than they should. And even a great law firm like Cravath can only tell a client so much. The client is the boss at the end of the day. But Epic isn't dumb. They are doing this and they are marketing this in this fashion for a reason. They want to be seen as the rebellious upstarts. They want to claim whatever the clean hands, good faith doctrine is out there in the court of public opinion. That Epic is the good guys, Apple is the bad guys. Down with Apple, they're trying to keep you from your banana agents and help us fight this fight that as a matter of principle, we are taking down this scheme of pricing access to a piece of hardware that another company created. Now, as we go forward and look at a little bit more of this particular action, it's important to go back to what Apple said about the court and its recommendations, right? The court absolutely believes that Epic should not be breaching this agreement right now. They don't have the ability to claim irreparable harm because as the court says, self-inflicted wounds are not irreparable injury. The current predicament appears of its own making. Epic Games does remain free to maintain its agreements with Apple in breach status as this litigation continues. They are welcome to breach the agreement, but Apple is welcome to look at what it has for breach and terminate things like the Epic Games account as they did today. As the court said, the sensible way to proceed is for Epic to comply with the agreements and continue to operate while it builds a record. Epic Games further admits that the technology exists to fix the problem easily that Epic Games would prefer not to litigate in that context with the problem fixed, with their customers satiated for right now, without that leverage and what they deem to be pressure from Fortnite fans on Apple. Despite the fact that they don't want to litigate that way, it doesn't mean that the fact that they can't right now means that in irreparable harm exists. Epic cannot just set up a breach condition and then claim that they are harmed by the breach that they created. Apple is exactly correct on this. And that's what's so surprising about what Epic has done today. Now, the other thing I wanted to point out, because this is an action where Apple has cut off Epic Games. As CNBC says, the suspension means Epic Games can no longer submit games or updates to games like Fortnite for publication to the iOS and Mac app stores. While people who already have the game installed can still play it, they just won't get any updates. Players also can't buy any in-game content. They also can't play the new Fortnite season, which recently launched. Apple said that Fortnite's users have been directed by Epic Games to contact AppleCare and that those requests have caused refund quality issues and support problems for Apple users around the world. Because Epic is in breach of their agreement, Apple has to deal with exactly what to do with this money, especially if it has already been remitted to Epic as part of the payment process for in-app purchases. So Apple owes a certain obligation to its customers, but has to go get that money back from Epic if they owe refunds to those Apple customers in the first instance. It's creating a large headache for Apple and a headache of Epic's own making. So don't be surprised if Apple winds up bringing that up in their September discussion on preliminary injunctions. But one of the things that I had said in my earlier video was that this temporary restraining order was not written the way I would have seen it written. And what it does is it says Apple and all persons acting with Apple are temporarily restrained from taking adverse action against Epic Games. And then it says how? With respect to restricting, suspending, or terminating any 
lowercase a affiliate of Epic Games, such as Epic International, what we know as Sarl, the affiliate account that bears the same tax ID number, phone number, contact information, and access as the Epic Games account to Apple's developer program that Apple can't take an action against them on the basis that Epic Games has enabled in-app payment processing in Fortnite through means other than IAP. So one of the things I said in my prior video was I don't like the way this is written because ordinarily you would just target this at the affiliates of Epic Games. You probably should define what you mean by affiliate, especially when there are all of these kind of ambiguities around whether or not two different teams within one entity that shares the same tax ID constitute different affiliates. Or as I said in the comments to my prior video, hey, look, if you're Epic Games and you're just trying to figure out a way to operate under this temporary restraining order, get Fortnite back in the store and maybe block Apple from doing anything, could you claim that the Fortnite team is a separate affiliate? It's not Epic Games Inc. It's a team that develops Fortnite. They have their own team ID number. What does affiliate mean in this context? Usually in the law, we would say it's a different entity. And ultimately, the court would likely say it's a different entity. But Epic, remember, is on a holy crusade. Why we fight? We will not collude with the enemy. And so if you're Tim Sweeney, how do we do this? Or maybe if you're Epic Games, you look at this and you say, all right, Apple has decided to terminate our account. Maybe we bring another action against them because this language here says you can't take an adverse action against Epic Games. Yeah, you say with respect to doing all these things about an affiliate, but maybe we can make a case that says if you terminate Epic Games and we have some back office solutions there, you have effectively restricted Epic International from acting under the developer program in some fashion. Maybe you come to the court with that. Or maybe you've got an asset in Fortnite and you try to go get it published from some other affiliate entity that's already in the developer program, maybe like Epic International. And so my point in my prior video was not that Apple couldn't do something like this and wasn't even that Epic couldn't do something similar to this and go around the horn the other way. It was to suggest that the ambiguity here, the writing here, when you've got actors that are big like this, that have big, highly priced law firms, when you've got one actor like Epic that is clearly on the warpath and wants to do whatever it can, both to make the other side look and feel miserable and to get its product back in front of customer eyes, then maybe you write it a little bit better. So when you look at an item like this and you see Apple did suspend this account and, and Rick wasn't sure whether or not they could do that, I'm still not sure whether or not this language doesn't provide at least a toehold for Epic to fight about it. And with that toehold, Epic might well fight about it as early as this weekend. And no, I don't really want to do three more episodes on Epic versus Apple this weekend like I did last weekend, but who knows what Epic will wind up doing. The point of this video is that this is a very big step. Apple believes that that temporary restraining order gives them the authority to do this, specific to Epic Games because of their connection with the Fortnite application itself. I tend to agree that that's what the language says, certainly what the spirit of the language says. And so I, I would back Apple in being allowed to take this kind of step with the judge. But judges don't always like it when big sea changes happen when they just issued a temporary restraining order on very similar, if not identical grounds. So don't be surprised if Epic just decides to file something saying that Apple shouldn't be allowed to do this regardless of what the clearest reading of that language might say. Which is all to say... 
Epic versus Apple, episode 300, clearly going to be deep into the 300s, maybe up to episode 400, going on with this lawsuit because Epic doesn't appear to be going anywhere and they don't care that Fortnite isn't available on iOS because they could hit the button this second or maybe two seconds before Apple terminated their account and get Fortnite back up on the store. The, the fact that they have chosen not to do so suggests a certain amount of irrationality that makes analysis from a legal standpoint all the more interesting, but also all the more difficult to come up with. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope you enjoyed all 300 Virtual Legality videos. Lord knows we have covered a lot of different topics in this space in the recent past, including the fact that Halo and Vampire Bloodlines have changed their creative leads, their project leads in the recent past, even though both of those games were originally scheduled to come out in the next couple of months. We talked about TikTok lawsuits in the Trump administration, control and whether or not they should have to sell the upgrade path for next generation on the original purchases of that game, and everything in between. We talk about business, we talk about law, all through the spectrum of pop culture that you're already interested in. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.